podcasters. We are back. This is I Don't Care the Podcast, and I'm Alexia Stefano, your host. Now, today is episode 52, question mark. Is it? I think it is. I think next week, wait, am I right? Yeah, yeah, okay, so today's episode comes out on the 21st, so it's the 52nd. Next week is exactly one year since I Don't Care came out. Can you believe it? To the day, the first episode of I Don't Care the Podcast came out June 28th, 2022. And now it's going to be June 28th, 2023, next week. So we will have to do a one-year celebration or something for it. I don't know. Maybe, well, I don't know what we're going to do. But we did just celebrate the 50th episode only two weeks ago. What a big moment um, in time. I'm very excited. Today we have a few things to talk about. Um, nothing big, nothing important, nothing trans formative or anything. But we do have a couple fun things to chit-chat about. Um so let's just get into it. Um well my I don't care. I haven't done an I don't an I don't care in a little while. I don't know what I don't care about this week. Mm, maybe oh you know what? The weather. It's June in Vancouver and it is raining it's raining like all next week is raining this week has been all raining it's 16 degrees right now which is very much spring weather so I am quite disappointed at the shitty weather it I don't care about it I want it to be back to hot weather and not only that I'm going to San Francisco um July long weekend and the weather there is not that nice either when we're going. In fact, it's supposed to be like 12 degrees, and that's pretty much freezing cold. So I'm going to have to pack for winter instead of a nice spring or summer getaway. It's packing for winter. So disappointing. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We actually just booked... Was it last night that we booked it? Yeah, it was. We booked um, a comedy show. So I'm really excited. I've never been to a comedy show before, and I love I love comedy. So I'm excited to to go and um, to watch. It's five comedy artists. God, would I love Trudy Lou to be there. Um, Claudia, hey, if you're in the San Francisco area. Let me know. Um, no, but I, I'm looking forward to it. So we're, we're going to see five to six different um, comedians. And I'm kind of interested because it takes a lot for me to genuinely laugh out loud. Like I might think something is funny and I'll laugh in my head or I'll laugh like <laughs> or I'll smile. But it takes a lot for me to genuinely laugh out loud. Now, Hewat can make me laugh out loud. Luna can make me laugh out loud. 
not many, I can make myself laugh out loud, but not many other people can make me laugh out loud. Um, I, even when I'm watching TV, I'm not someone who laughs out loud at things, but I will, I will be like, oh my god, that's so funny, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen, I need to write that down, that's hilarious, but my face is completely blank, as if, like, I just watched a murder scene or something, like, you, you, something could be absolutely hilarious to me, but you wouldn't be able to tell based on my face, and I'm interested to see if that's what my face is gonna look like most of the show, or if people are gonna make me laugh out loud, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, I don't even know what style their comedy is, like, obviously, it's stand-up, but I don't know if some people are, like, dark humor, or, I guess, I guess it's, is there, like, a general, is it general for the most part, like, I don't even know, um, but I am very much looking excited, or looking forward to it, uh, you know, since I'm talking about something that I look forward to, something about podcasting that I actually really like that is quite random is naming the podcast episodes. Because you have, you have about an hour of footage, and sometimes it's very specific what we're going to talk about and discuss, um, and then sometimes it's not. So last week's episode, I had a hard time um, coming up with a name for the podcast. I did not know what I wanted to name the podcast. I don't even remember what I ended up picking. Oh, I ended up doing talking to strangers, no, texting strangers and testing friends. Um, another good name would have been, uh, text or, or truth, but like when there's no, like when it's just kind of like free for all, then I don't usually know what to title it. And I'm hoping something sparks. Like the previous episode, episode 50, um, Mouse versus Hewat versus Mark Wahlberg is funny because that is pretty much what the whole episode was about. Um, the mouse story, we had Hewat on, and then we talked about like Mark Wahlberg and the craziness that comes with him and so many other people. Um, so naming them is such a fun thing. And, you know, if you guys ever have really cool ideas for a name or an idea, please let me know. It gets hard sometimes to think of new things to talk about. Um, and sometimes I feel really excited to like, like today, I did my hair, I did a little bit of makeup. Um, to get ready to come on and talk to you guys because just sometimes, you know, you just feel like getting dolled up even though I'm freezing cold. Like, I'm wearing a black turtleneck um, bodysuit, but the entire back is open. It's an open back. And so my back is freezing cold. And I forgot that this was an open back until I was putting it on. I also struggle you know what? I don't care about putting on turtlenecks. It's such a struggle because so many of the times when you're putting on a fucking turtleneck, you forget to not do your hair first. Like, I had my hair done. It was up in a cute, like, bun, um, looking good. 
And then I went to put this turtleneck on and of course I had to undo the bun because this turtleneck would not stretch over the bun and I had to, um, well, my hair got completely ruined. So now it's just like in this down and it looks pretty bad, but we're not going to, we're not going to talk about my hair. I don't know how to do hair. I never have, never will. My cousin, who is also my hairdresser, just moved to London. So I don't even have my hairdresser anymore. Um, or my cousin, but hey, it's time for my bangs to be cut, and I'm like, I don't know who to go to. Um, yeah, so I, what was I saying? Oh, turtlenecks, yeah, and then you realize that your hair is fucked up, so then you have to redo your hair, and God forbid you did your makeup first. Like, you know, sometimes you just want to put your clothes on last if it's a turtleneck, you can't forget that you actually need to put it on first. And then you have to just try your hardest not to get any makeup or anything on it. And then, too, I forgot to put a bra on. And I'm by the time I remembered, it's way too late. There's no going back. Because it's just a whole ordeal. Like, if this didn't have long sleeves then maybe I would put a bra on. But because this has like such tight, thick, long sleeves, like I'm I'm not moving. I am not taking this off until I have absolutely nothing else to do or else it's just going to be really annoying. Um, I also, if you're watching on YouTube, I haven't figured out quite yet how I like setting up the podcast area when it's just me. Luna, you okay? I just heard her cry, but she's she likes to hide under a under the the couch. Um I haven't figured out the setup yet when it's just myself. So I don't like it yet. Not the setup itself, but like setting it up by myself. Um, I'm, I was also too lazy to move the other chair and everything, so, I don't know, it's not bad, but it's not ideal. Um, I should have put something beside me here, but we're here now and it's too late, and does it really matter? No. So, today we, Luna, you okay? Speaking of Luna, I had to take her to the vet the other week. Man, it was like three weeks ago, and um, I haven't had time to just chit-chat you and I since then, since Hewat's been here, and it's been super fun. Um, but yeah, I had to take her to the vet because her paws were incredibly swollen, and they were really bothering her, and she kept licking and licking and licking and licking, and I knew it would be sort of as a result of allergies, but I, I was so paranoid and they were so dry and just like they were hurting her and they they didn't look good. She knew it. I knew it. Um, so one day I, after like a week of just these poor paws, I was like, that's it. I'm taking her to the vet because I need to make sure that she's fine. So I go to the vet and, um, you know, they check her out and I'm, I'm telling them everything that's wrong with her. And, um, 
And then he's like, okay, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's allergies. There's four kinds of allergies. We won't know what kind of allergy is at the root of the problem unless we do further testing. Um, I'm going to pause because she keeps crying and I'm paranoid. I got my dog here beside me and um, all is well. She just has this lid um, from a jar and she can't pick it up so she gets frustrated and starts crying um, for me to pick it up for her. Um, but I got her with me now and I love cuddling her because she keeps me warm. But yeah, the doctor was like, we're not going to know what kind of allergy it is until we do further testing. And we all know testing will be so expensive. And um, there's an issue with her leg as well. And he was like, well, we're going to need a, a an x-ray to know for sure what's wrong with that. That's going to be, you know, an extra $200. And I was like, okay, let me talk about that with my mom and brother before we make any final decisions. Um, and he's like, okay, I'm going to prescribe her two pills, one for ticks and fleas and the other for, um, environmental, um, allergies like the, um, the pollen and the grass and whatnot. And so I was like, okay, fantastic. And, um, I go to pay and it's a hefty. Hefty, hefty, hefty bill, hefty bill, hefty bill. Now, we did split it three ways, me, my mom, and my brother, because she is our dog. And she's, um, yesterday we just reduced the pill intake, well, I did, uh, so it was two pills 12 hours apart, so we were doing 10 to 10, and then t yesterday it was two weeks, so I was able to reduce it to just once a day, and so now I'm just sticking to the morning, 10 o'clock, um, because that just works better than at night, um, and so that's, that's what, uh, that's what's up with Luna, we had to spend a lot of money, her paws are doing better, they're not swole, can you stop licking my hand, please, I don't want you to lick my hand, please, I know, I love you too, um, but I don't want you, you can, please, please stop licking my hand. It's making me uncomfortable. Thank you. Um, so, what was I saying? Yeah, her paws are doing a lot better, um, but she's still licking, and I can tell they're still irritating her, but they're, they're not swollen. Um, we got her nails trimmed as well, because I felt like that was also playing into it. Um, so I'm just very aware of her and like I know everything about her body and her movements and what she does and pretty much how she's thinking. And so when something's off and wrong, like I know, I can tell. Um, but that's just mother in intuition, is it not? Um, all right. We are going to, you know what? I want to talk to you guys about some books because it's summertime and people go on vacations and the weather's nicer and people just, I feel like people read more in the summertime than people do throughout the rest of the year. And so if you are someone who likes true stories, then I would recommend, well, a couple books, but I would recommend, it's called A Stolen Life, J.C. 
Degard, I think is how you say your last name. Now, she was kidnapped at the age of 11 in Tahoe. And then she was held captive by her kidnapper and his wife for 18 years. She had two girls in captivity and um, and started to work for him. It was It's like a crazy story. Um, and uh, she was released at the age of 29. She was finally freed. Now, it's a crazy story, and I, all I said was like the basic stuff that you can Google about her, but she really goes into detail um, in the perspective that she had then. So it's not it's not like she's talking when I was held captive. It was today I'm grieving because I'm like it was it, it felt like it was in the present and she was writing during her captivity. And then she also um, she also put in actual journal, journal entries that she had written in captivity and it's such a crazy story it's such a sad story but it's also um she's not a victim she's a survivor and she now has control over her own life and she's been you know out in the real world for about 12 years um which is shorter than what she was held captive for it's just such a it's such a a page turner. Um, it's a really good story. It's a really good book. And um, it has a happy ending, which is not common for kidnapping cases. So, and, and to hear it from her perspective. And she says, I believe his name was Philip, the kidnapper, and Nancy. She she doesn't, She she felt like she's, protected them for so long during that time she lived for them and so in this book she made it very clear that she no longer is living for them that she will no longer speak well to towards them or in their name that they did horrible things and that they should be known for the horrible things that they did and um you know, I applaud that. It's it's a fantastic book. I'm not fully done it yet. I have a couple chapters left, um, but I'm almost done. And it's just great. Um, and then another book, it's not a true story, but it's fantastic nonetheless. It's called Wrong Place, Wrong Time. Now, if you are a longtime listener and you listen to my interview with my favorite author ever, Eileen Cook, then you would know that that's the book she was reading at that time and that was her favorite book at that time. And you know what? I understand why it's such a good book. Also, Reese Witherspoon did it in her book club. And um, it's about this mother who witnesses her son commit a murder. And she wakes up the next day, and it's not actually the next day. It's the day before the murder, or the day of the murder. And so she goes back in time and trying to solve the murder before it happens. So she's uncovering all these truths and lies and realities that were all, you know, she was oblivious to the first time living it. The second time living it, 
she noticed so much that she that she just didn't see before and you know it's it's interesting because if we think about living our lives again but not in not you know from day 1 to now but from now to day 1 like going backwards in time knowing that you are going back in time i mean it, I, I don't fucking know what i would do i would probably lose my mind especially because she didn't know what her repercussions of her actions were. She didn't know if she did something in, you know, the past life, how it would affect the new future, um, which is like a, it's, it's fucking crazy. And this is a fantastic book. Um, and I don't want to, you know, talk too much about the plot because that really is the premise of it uh, without giving much away. And it's hard to shock me. And this book shocked me a handful of times. It's fantastic. It's not, I mean, the whole book technically is about solving the murder before it happens, but it's not a, it's not a book about murder, if that makes sense. Like, it's about solving it, but it's not about, you know, it's not about murder itself. Um, and it's from a loving mother's perspective, um, a loving wife's perspective, um, a loving daughter's perspective. Like, she, the main character, is so open and honest with us throughout her story and the way that she's feeling. And the, the narration is done really, really well. Um, I don't usually love a narrator. Um, I like to hear from the actual character. But this book in particular was done really, really, really well. Um, and so I recommend it. Again, like both these books, you might be like, oh, it takes me forever to read books. No, these books, you'll be done in, in a week probably. They're just, you can't, you cannot put them down. It's so good. Um, I feel the same way about all Eileen Cook's books. Uh, you Owe Me a Murder with Malice, um, One Too Many Lies, Unraveling Isabel. Uh, there's so many. Um, really, all of them. I love them all. And she has such a dark, a darkness to them, which is what I gravitate towards. Um, yeah, so I'd say check out those two books for sure. I'm not going to, you know, talk about books the whole time because not everybody's like me and likes to talk about books. But, you know. I could talk about the books all day. Let's move on to... It's okay. It's just Coco. <laughs> Every noise Zuna hears, she's like, what is that? I need to know. What is that? Hello? Who is it? Anyone? Mom's home? What? Um, No, mom's not home. It was what? just a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. She's not. Um, So my brother... Oh. Oh. So my brother loves to buy and sell things on Marketplace. And um, he's really good if he's not going to be home. He, you know, he tells me, hey, this person's coming. It's this much. Here it is. Just give it to them. They know how much it is. Or if they're e-transferring me, like, make sure you check and make sure they actually sent it. I hate doing it. I hate it every time. You know, as prepared as he makes everything, I hate answering the door. Um, I hate talking to strangers. I hate 
the trading aspect. I hate everything about it, but I'll do it. Um, and I don't get a commission, just so you all know. I'm just doing it because I'm a good sister. Anyways, this one day, someone knocks on the door, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Because I didn't know anything. Nobody, my mom's home. I'm home. Luna's home. Francesco's not home. He's playing sports somewhere for fun, which is so weird in itself. Um, so I look through the people because I'm like, nobody's supposed to be here. And I thought that the person was my uncle for a second because I didn't really look and they had a ha- I think they had a hat on or something. And I was like, hmm, is this okay? So I answered the door and it's not who I'm thinking it is. It's a complete stranger. And I'm like, hello. He's like, hi, I'm here to pick up. And I was like, huh? And he's like, I'm here to pick up this thing, this rack. And I was like, oh, like, did Francesco send you? And he's like, yeah, he, um, yeah. I was like, does he know you're coming? And he's like, yeah, we talked. And I was like, hmm, okay, let me call him because he did not let me know and I have no idea what you're buying. And, uh, so I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. He's not picking up. Um, I'm getting so annoyed at him because I'm like, pick up the damn fucking phone. I'm like, there's a stranger here and uh, I don't know what the, what's a fucking rack. What rack are they talking about? And so I was like, sorry, what are you buying? Do you mind just like explaining to it, explaining it in detail to me, please? And so he's like, it's this black rack. Yeah. And I was like, black rack, black rack. I'll let me go look. So I look in his room, no black rack. I look in the garage, no black rack. I look in our, like, gun room, no black rack. I'm like, I don't see a black rack anywhere. And then I, my mom sees something black. She's like, is that it? I was like, this looks like a rack. Yeah, it's got to be it. And so I open the garage and I ask the guy, I'm like, hey, is this the rack you're talking about? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but there's some pieces that go with it. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And so I find a bag that was beside it full of knick-knack little things. And I was like, are these the pieces? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Those are the pieces. And I was like, great. Um, here's the rack. Here's the pieces. And um, so sorry because my brother's usually better than this and not an absolute idiot most of the time and he's usually prepared and my mom is still trying to call him and call him and call him at this point because like what the fuck um and he's like no it's fine like I totally understand I have boys myself like this is him talking to my mom and um I hated every moment of that because do not put me under pressure like that like seriously just thinking about it and I hate strangers um because it's, it's, it's like going out in public, you know there's going to be strangers around, but it's not every day where, you know, strangers knock on your door um, expecting something. Like, yeah, there's Jehovah Witness or, you know, churches and stuff, but, like, you can just close the door and say no thank you. But this person was here to, like, buy something, and I can't just close the door and be like, no, come back and ten to five business days. Like, you can't do that. So, um, yeah, um, 
we end up sending him off, getting the money, and uh, really, again, didn't keep any of the money. You would think after all that commotion, Francesca would be like, you guys split the money between yourselves. No. He didn't do that. Hoping I'm loud enough for him to hear. Um, and, you know, it was like 50 bucks for a rack. 25 me, 25 mom. I would have been happy with that. Um, and then he comes home hours later. And my mom's like, I'm so mad at you right now. And then he comes upstairs and he's like, what, why, what did I do now? And, um, my mom's like, you're always so prepared. So prepared. What, ha what, like, what? And I was like, some person came from Marketplace to buy a rack from you, and where were you? I don't know. Where was he? I don't know. Where was the rack? I don't know. And he's like, what? He didn't even say, he didn't even respond to me. I said, I said, you can come pick it up tonight at 8. And, uh, he never responded. And I was like, well, that was about the time he showed up. And he's like, well, he never responded. How was I supposed to know? And I was like, well, you could have answered one of our freaking 15 million calls while I was playing sports. Now he sounds like Donald Trump. I don't know. Sorry about that. He doesn't sound like that, but um, we just got mad at him. Um, anyways, that was really frustrating, and um, I hope it never happens again. And if it does, it's on the record that I am keeping the money. I, if You know what? We shouldn't have even told him. The rack would have been gone, and I would have kept the 50. <sighs> that was really stressful, um, but it's over with and done. Now for the main topic of this episode. Um, it's been less than a month, but close to a month, of me being 20 years old. Um, if you ask me, I still have to think about it. Uh, I gravitate towards 19 right away. I'm not 19 no more. I'm 20. And I thought it would be fun to tell you guys 20 things that I learned in 20 years. Right? It's not like one thing I learned a year um, because I don't remember half of the stuff. But it's just like overall 20 things that I've learned within my 20 years of existing. And I think that's a fun thing to do. So the first – and there it's in no particular order. I was just writing – things down and I wrote it down in my journal because um I thought it would be nice for old Alexia to look back at it anyways and and see the 20 things I learned at 20. Number one, the importance of gratitude. And you know, I think gratitude is really something that you you start to really understand when you get older. Like every year you're alive, your sense of gratitude becomes bigger and um, better. And so I am more grateful now um, for the life that I have, especially from learning from so many different people. I mean, there are people around me who have so much more than I do or have less than I do. And both, you know, being around people with more and being with people around less both give you a sense of gratitude for, you know, me being grateful for where I'm at and for the things that I do have, but the lessons that, you know, come with not having everything also. And um, 
you know, not having someone hold my hand throughout every step of life really does make me a damn good independent woman. Like, um, so I'm just so grateful for sort of everything that kind of happened to make me into the person I am today, but for also the sacrifices and the things that people have done, obviously, in particular, my mother, um, to give me and my brother the opportunities that we have today. You know, I, I always like to say, or at least I think I say it, I probably don't, um, that, you know, my brother and I are both in places where we're not struggling to survive, which means that we can focus on what makes us happy. And these are the, you know, your 20s are... Well, really, from the moment you graduate high school, you start to you start to create that forever life. And him and I are so lucky that we don't have to struggle and sacrifice our wants for our needs. Is that our mom is taking care of us so we can achieve our wants. And then one day those will be able to support our needs and her needs. Um, it's not something that lots of people have the opportunity to um, have or do. And I'm really grateful for it because it's going to make me a successful actress. Um, the second thing is how to begin loving myself. And now I worded it how to begin loving myself and not I learned to love myself because it's different. Like, I don't know if there is ever a road where you say, nope, you know, uh, it's the end all be all. I love myself. I can't love myself more. And then I think when you do get to that kind of point, it shifts from confidence and self-love to ego. And it's okay to have a little bit of an ego, um, I think there's a right place and a right time for an ego. Um, but, uh, yeah, you don't want to be an egotistical person, you know? But, you know, the the journey for me in self-love, is, I mean, and it's different for everyone, but for me it comes from just accepting who I am and what I want and what I'm willing to do for what I want. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's such a touchy thing because it's such a individualistic story and journey for every single person. And you never want to be like, I got it. I nailed it. I'm great. Because just me saying that, first of all, is fake and not true. But, it can also affect someone else's journey. So not every day is good. Not every day is bad. Lots of days are just normal, fine, in in between, have moments of, you know, loathing and then loving. Um, but for the most part, I'm a confident person because I know who I am. Or not who I am entirely but who I am right now and who I want to be and um you know I felt so happy when I heard Jenna Ortega 
say this because it's something that I do and I've, I've even done it with Jenna Ortega where what she said just made me be like, oh, fuck, thank God I'm not alone in doing that. And you know what? Maybe it's actually okay that I do it. And maybe that's what is what I'm supposed to do for me. And that is liking something that somebody else does or just is within their personality and kind of like putting that in your back pocket and being mindful that like, hey, I, I want to add that trait to my bucket of traits. And and I think for me, what I struggle with is like, at what point am I pretending to be someone and at what point am I being the person that, you know, I'm destined to be? And I think the right answer is that there's a middle. You don't want to pretend to be someone, but if you like how, you know, somebody's sense of humor is, say, then it's okay to incorporate that into your own life. Or if I love someone's style, then I can change my style. If I'm not changing it to be them, but if I genuinely love it, then fuck it, do it. And I think that's what I'm realizing. And that's why I say I be, I'm beginning to learn what self-love is because um, I'm only 20 and I don't have anything figured out. Anyways, let's move on. Number three, how to find confidence. I think those two um, go hand in hand, so I won't say too much about it, except that I love how Emmy Rossum says confidence. I think that it projects a confidence. Um, she's like, confidence. Like, I don't know. Like, she says the word confidence with so much confidence. Um, and she's also one of the most beautiful, no, she is the most beautiful person I have ever laid eyes on. Not in real life. I've not seen her in real life. But I will. I will. And you know what? I'm so confident that one day, Emmy Rossum is going to play my mom. We're, we're going to be family on TV. I'm just so certain of it. Uh, so just Google her. She's fucking drop dead. She's perfect. I will age like Emmy. I will do it. Um, number four, I've learned how to pee, walk, talk, and live. It's true. In my 20 years of existence, I have learned how to pee. I have learned how to walk. I have learned how to poo. I've learned how to talk. Clearly, I really learned how to talk well, considering podcast. And I've learned how to just, like, breathe and live and be an existing human being. And it changes, like, Learning how to talk as a baby changes to then, like, learning how to talk in school and to be punctually correct and um, speaking coherent sentences, which sometimes I still can't do. And let's be real, I don't know how to spell, and that's okay. Um, you read my journal, and there's spelling mistake after spelling mistake. I don't know why, uh... But that's just, it's just, it's genetic. I think it's genetic that I don't know how to spell. Okay, number five, I've learned about my flaws. And we could also say that I've learned about my good sides too. But like in our, in our whole existence, we're going to learn about our fucking flaws. And one of my flaws is that um, I'm not really empathetic at all. 
Although I'm extremely empathetic and sympathetic towards fictional characters, but I'm I struggle to be empathetic and sympathetic for real life people. I don't know why. I don't know why. But um it's a thing. Maybe maybe it's more of just like I have my own walls up and so you know, I don't have it in me to like overly care about other people as well. Now that's not, you know, I'm not out here saying <laughs> that's a good thing to say, but it's the truth and it's how it is and I'm honest. What else is my flaw? <laughs> I feel like my mom's laughing listening to this and she's like, oh, I've got a long list of them for ya. Um, really, what else is my flaw? I know I just said I learned it, but like, what else? Um, oh, I mean, I think I have a hard time communicating my true feelings or I don't do it at all. Um, so that's a flaw, one would say. Um, a flaw is that I'm disproportional. I don't have a butt. And I think that, um, that can also, oh, flaw. The opposite of flaw is flawless. Duh. Um, careful for the spider. Please don't step on it or touch it, Luna. Oh, also I'm podcasting with a spider beside me. Can you believe it? It's a daddy long legs and it looks very cozy, but, um, I also fucking hate spiders. <sighs> uh, yes, I can't think of any more flaws. I guess I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. No, I can write a whole list of flaws for myself, but I'm not going to do it because that feels redundant. No, no, no. She flung the spider and it's like going in crazy circles right now. Let me try to record it. Oh no, it just stopped. Luna, we, we're going to let it slumber, please. Unless you're going to eat it and like 100% kill it, don't touch it. That was one of the scariest things I've ever witnessed. Okay, number seven. I've learned that I can't sing or songwrite. I used to think growing up that I was actually a really good singer. And um, I've proved to you guys on this podcast many a times that that is wrong. I also proved to you guys that I am not a songwriter um, on this. Also, my casting workbook, which is like a resume for actors, I went to go repay for the year subscription, and I noticed that it said that I'm a professional songwriter on it, and I started to panic. I'm like, oh my god, thank god I haven't been casted or hired as a professional fucking songwriter, because... <laughs> Sometimes in the winter, oh, you and I fall together, oh, you and I, you, 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 would be the song that you're getting, um, <laughs> which would not be good, uh, so that is, that, that is something I learned that I cannot do. Number eight, that I don't always have to talk, which is true. Now, in a podcast medium, and when I'm the only one here, I do have to talk. Um, I've actually learned another thing, that when somebody else is talking, you don't always have to go, mm-hmm, yeah, totally, I get it, which you see me do on this podcast all the time, and it's only something that I learned I don't have to do while podcasting. 
I can, in fact, just actively listen. Luna! You made the spider run! She made the spider run. I think she only wants to be its friend. That was another terrible thing to witness. Now it's beside me and it's going towards my equipment. I'm so heartbroken that she just did that. Um, yeah, I don't always have to, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, especially in podcasts because it's so annoying to edit around. Um, but I also don't always have to feel silence in just, like, real life silence is okay. And, um, another thing is that sometimes your silence speaks louder than your words. And so when I feel disrespected or when I feel like nobody's going to listen to me anyways, I just won't talk. Or if I feel like I am around people who have previously disrespected me for speaking or for things that I have said, I limit what I say and I limit what I conversate about. <laughs> Do you? Okay, question. Conversate. Okay, because if you're watching Jersey Shore or uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Margaret will make fun of me for using the word conversate. But our new girl, Danielle, would use the word conversate. And I just used the word conversate in a sentence and it felt right. And Andy Cohen says that it is a word. Thoughts on Margaret? Okay, side note, uh, this is uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey. I personally can't stand Margaret. Um, does she have an arsenal? Probably. They probably all do, though. Um, but just Margaret is like, I feel like she's a bad person. Um, now, this is just based on things I see on, you know, Instagram or on the show. But... I just can't stand her. And I know people feel that way about Teresa. Uh, I, it's not that I don't because she says absurd things, my goodness. But in terms of the fight between her, her brother and Melissa, I just can't help but feel like we don't actually have enough pieces of the story. And I also can't help that both of them are telling the truth. Their truths don't line up. But I feel like that's when arguments and fights happen, is when two truths don't line up. I don't know. I just feel like... I just feel like we don't have enough pieces of the story um, to fully be able to judge one way or the other. And we don't know what is true and what's not true when someone says you weren't invited to this and the other person says yes you were like we don't know we don't know that's my little side note um margaret is my least favorite and then it's jackie and then it's i'm not gonna count the two new girls um after jackie i'm gonna go melissa Teresa, melissa they're honestly tied um 
Dolores and then and then Jennifer. I love Jennifer. She's controversial. She's controversial, but like she stands her ground and like I appreciate that. Um she's crazy. What the fuck is Bugadoo? Bugawolf? 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 Um and uh she's struggling in her own life. You know what? But she owns up to it and I love her. Moving on. Um that I love astronomy. I do. I love space. I want to die in space. I love space. Number 10, that I'm meant to be an actor, which is so true. Um, it's the one thing I was put on this earth to do. Actually, it's not the one thing I was put on this earth to do, but it's the most important thing I was put on this earth to do. And some people know that they were put on this earth to be mothers or entrepreneurs or housewives or fucking presidents, whatever. And I hope that once you have that realization of what you're meant to do, that you make it happen. It's one step to know. It's a whole other thing to live in that truth. And you don't have to do it right away. Um, like, yes, I am. But because I had the luxury to find out what I was meant to do at an earlier age. And then I'm able, because I have the resources, to do what I want to do. Um, and you might not, you might have to, you know, put it aside for a little while and then come back to it later in life, but don't ever let it go. Um, I learned, yeah, I learned how to grow up fast, which is true. My dad passed away 11 years ago today. June 16 is when I'm writing this and he passed away 11 years today. Um, and with that, you have to learn how to grow up fast. There is no, there is no, there's no more to parents, which means that you just have to be able to depend on yourself more than you ever have before. And Hiwat and I were talking yesterday, and she was explaining just like, not her childhood, but the feeling of being a child and having absolutely nothing to worry about and having no care in the world and and the freedom to just be yourself with no repercussions. I mean, yes, there's repercussions, of course, because you have a parent. But in terms of, like, adult things, there's no there's no real stresses. And I just couldn't agree. And when I look back on my childhood, I, I don't see the same as her. I don't, I don't think of those same feelings as she does because I, my childhood ended in grade three. And then adult problems started trickling in. Really, it was before that too, but I just was clueless to it. Um, but yeah, my childhood really ended in grade three for me. So after that, it was, you know, pick up slack, help mom in any way you can, um, be good, I mean, I wasn't always good, don't get me wrong. I was the problematic child of the two. But um, more of just like an attitude and drama queen and, uh, you know, the world's all about me, which in the end, like, the world should be all about all of us from time to time. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just, I had to grow up fast. And um, so I learned how to do that within my 20 years. Which is why, like, I want to try to live out these 20s having more fun. 
that's just scary. Um, number 12, I learned about my music taste, uh, which is so, so true. Um, which really, it's always been Katy Perry, Kelly Clarkson, um, Madonna, Like a Prayer was my favorite. Um, the Black Eyed Peas, like, it's always been pretty female focused, and that is thanks to my dad. He loved female pop artists, and, um, you know, we listened to Bruno Mars and you know, some other male artists, but it was predominantly women, and I loved that because that really, it really did shape me into who I am. Like, my music taste is a huge part of who I am and my personality. Okay, the next thing is I'm, I learned the true meaning of love, and that is my dog, Luna. Luna, you showed me the true meaning of love. You show me what it's like to love like a mother without the actual children part, which is the, really the worst part about mothering, is the child. And I get to bypass that because I get to mother you, Luna. I... You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy, come, every day. You must know, Luna, how much I love you. I love you in every single way. That's the rendition I made for Luna. Jump! Because, yay, good girl, she came to podcast. Um, hi, you're so beautiful. You came to join me? Look, hi. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, she really did show me. I always wanted a dog. I've always been a dog person, and she's mine, and like I said earlier, I know every fucking thing there is to know about this dog, um, I know what she's thinking, I know what her sounds mean, I know what her body posture means, and, and just, I know everything about her, um, she's my bestie, she's the love of my life, um, I love her, meaning of life, 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 Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, you love Kelly Clarkson too. And Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, and Little Mix. And Katy Perry. Oh my goodness. Sabrina Carpenter. Oh yeah, you know. Okay, the next thing Luna on the list is how to be a good and bad friend. And um, I say I threw bad in there as well because, you know, throughout trial and error of being friends and having different friends, you know what makes a good friend and you know also what can make a bad friend, so you know what to avoid. And I would say I'm a good friend. I'm a loyal friend. I'm a trustworthy friend. I'm a supportive friend. Um, and I I love so much when my, when my friends, there's few, but when they achieve something and they do something in their lives, like my bestie just graduated and I was watching her on the live stream and I was crying because I was just so proud of her 
and you know all the years that she put in and all the years she still has to put in and everything she still has to do but she's just done so much and I'm just so proud of her because she's also following her dreams and it's different when you're putting in work to do something that you don't love versus putting in the work to do what you love um something about that is just more admirable admirable and um I just am so proud of her um so I've learned how to be a good and bad friend um I'm a good friend to the ones, I mean, I'm a good, I try to be a good friend to everyone I'm friends with, obviously, but just like sometimes things happen, but the ones who are meant to stay, stay. And that's why it can be few, because not everyone is meant to stay. Um, but I'm okay with that. Okay, the next thing is that school is pretty fucking useless. I pretty much don't use any of what I learned in real life, um, and that's just on period. I learned that I love reading books, which is something that in elementary school I would have laughed in your face. I only like the Geronimo Stilton books and the Archie comics and Garfield comics. Pretty much didn't read anything else. Um, and then middle school, I didn't read really at all. I only read, I read one of the, I think, the last book of the Maze Runner series, um, and whatever I had to read for school projects or whatnot. Otherwise, I did not read. It was not until grade nine when I came across Unraveling Isabel, written by Eileen Cook, in, like, a random stash of acting books in the drama portable. And, um, I read it, and that book made me fall in love with reading. And that's why I read all of Eileen's books. And that's why I am so fucking grateful to say that she's a guest on the podcast, that I had her on, and that I interviewed her, and that I got to ask her meaningful fucking questions about storytelling and creating. Um... Just, that's like one of my proudest moments. I also learned how annoying I can be. I feel like that's pretty darn self-explanatory. I can be the most fucking annoying person on the planet. Um, I'm fully aware of that. And I'm not going to change. Um, 19, how fucked up the world is. Yes. Yeah. You learn more and more every day how fucked up the world is, truly. And sometimes you're, you're right in the eye of the hurricane. And sometimes you're a safe distance away. And sometimes you step into the hurricane on purpose. And if you're understanding what I'm saying metaphorically, great. Because I don't think I entirely know. But what I do know is the world is a fucked up place and be safe out there, everyone. 20. I learned. Life is not like the movies. It's not like the movies. And I'm not trying to be cliche with it. You know, obviously we all know sex scenes aren't like real life. We know that high school parties aren't like that in real life. Um, and, you know, you know, you're not going to fall in love like they do in Hallmark movies probably. Or your life's not going to be a Lifetime movie. And you're certainly not going to be living in a Marvel movie where, you know, Spider-Man being Tom Holland comes towards you and... I mean, I did have a dream where that did happen yesterday where I was crying in my dream and Tom Holland came up to, like, 
save me. And then Zendaya came and then all of a sudden we had a really meaningful conversation and they brought me on to the Kelly Clarkson show. And then at the Kelly Clarkson show, they were like, hey, Alexia, we love you so much that we want you to come move in with us. You get to have my whole, you get to have our whole um, guest house. Um, so yeah, that dream did happen to me. But um, I mean, I'm not hoping, I mean, I'm hoping 100% that that does happen to me. I would love to live in Tom Holland and Zendaya's um, house, but I'm not waiting for that reality to happen. Um, so life isn't like the movies. In life, you know, it's not like your dreams too. Like, you can make your dreams a reality in terms of what you want in life, but the actual dreams you have in REM, yeah, sometimes you don't want those ones to happen. Also, I learned a bonus one, um, that judgment is everywhere. And there, there are so many people with so many opinions, and I get it. I'm someone who's very opinionated myself, and I find myself to be a very judgmental person. But um, as of yesterday on a walk home from the dog park, I told myself every time you want to judge something or someone, replace it with a compliment. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do again since yesterday afternoon. And you know what? I did it a little bit last night. What was I watching? I can't remember what I was watching, but I started to judge and I was like, no, 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 no. Make that a compliment. Um, and I had a, another stupid comment um, on a TikTok and someone was like, has anyone ever told you that you look like Nanny McPhee? And Nanny McPhee's fucking ugly. Ugly. And she has a mole. And I was like, you know what? They're probably saying that literally just because I have a mole. I don't look like Nanny McPhee. And even if I did, I would rock it. Um, because Nanny McPhee might be ugly and she might be scary under the surface. She's a really nice girl. And she's beautiful. And so I'm going to say I look like Nanny McPhee at the end of the movie. Even though I still don't. Because I don't look like that actress at all. That's what I'm going to say. And with that being said, those are the 20 things that I learned at 20. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. And don't forget, next week is the big one-year anniversary. Um, I have nothing else to say. Bye. Bye.